0: You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Praise the Lord. I am so excited to be here. Uh, it's the prescription for excitement. When I heard Pastor Jay talking about it, I got excited. And then you can imagine, we love Pastor Jay and Pastor Jody so much. And for him to contact me and ask me to speak uh, on this Sunday, I was really excited. I was so excited, I started telling him everything that I wanted to talk about. I'm just laying it all out on him, like, oh, Jay, I can talk about this, and I can talk about this, and this, and this. And I'm talking for a while, and then he said, "Uh, you know you have 20 minutes, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. I know I can kind of get going on sometimes. Uh, Someone asked me once, they said, uh, does it bother you when you're speaking and you see people looking at their watch? I said, no, it doesn't bother me at all. It's when they look at their watch and hold it up to their ear. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm just really excited. I hope you can see that. I, I hope you can just sense uh, the presence of God in this place. I was feeling it this morning and just, just really excited about what God is doing in the world today. God is doing amazing things. And... Um, I wanted to share a little bit of my testimony. If you bring up that first picture, I can go anywhere in the world, and I can tell people where I'm from by saying Heinz Ketchup. Everybody knows Heinz Ketchup. Well, I grew up in Leamington, Ontario, and my dad was actually a tomato farmer, and we grew tomatoes for Heinz Ketchup. Now, this might not be the most preferred place for a young boy to grow up on the farm, in a tomato field, because we worked all the time. It was just constantly uh, working. I used to think that my dad probably, you know, on his balance sheet, he would have tractor, you know, <laughs> all the equipment, and then he would have his sons listed there. Like, we were part of his uh, uh, equipment. And we really, you know, it was, uh, was a great place to grow up, but very, a lot of hard work. My dad used to tell the story. He, he would laugh uh, whenever he would tell it, and he, it was a story about me when I was about seven years old. And my dad, you can imagine, he 's going around the field, he 's spreading hampers, he 's all covered with dust and you know sweat dripping down, and it 's hot, and he's working, throwing and he keeps looking over at me, and I 'm just standing there kind of looking around in the field, and, and he 's working and working, and gradually he comes closer and closer to me and, and I'm just standing there, looking around. And he says, Eddie. I'm like, yeah. He says, what are you doing? And I said, Dad, do you remember exactly where it was that you took the wrong turn in life? <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, he, he told me, he kind of looked at me. He said, Eddie, get back to work. And he turned around. And he said he had to plug his nose because he was laughing so hard about this uh, kind of, you know, w- a weird little kid that he had. But I was dreaming. And you remember, right? You remember when you were growing up, like when you were little? You remember dreaming, right? Well, for me, dreaming, if you go to the next picture there, for me, dreaming was looking up in the sky and watching the airplanes. In Leamington, Ontario... For some reason, there's like an air corridor. Uh, the planes that go from the East Coast to the West Coast, they all fly over that area. And almost any time of the day, I could look up and I would see an airplane somewhere. And it just looked so amazing to me. I had never been in an airplane. That's probably why it looked amazing. I didn't know how small the seats were. And everything. But uh, I was looking up in the sky and I thought, wow, these amazing silver objects just flying through the sky and the tail, and watching them and thinking to myself, what I was thinking was, those people who are in the plane, they must be people of great destiny. Must be living amazing lives, you know? They're not down here in the tomato field just working away. And, And I dreamt about what life could be. And I remember very well growing up and just being very excited about what life was and what possibly could happen in my life. If you go to the next picture, the Bible says that uh, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Pretty severe kind of idea. But in fact, the Bible tells us very clearly, and we just heard this morning, like, to lean not on your own understanding, but to trust in God. For some reason, as as a child, I remember thinking that I could figure this out. I could uh, find what was good. And, and I was excited. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to have friends. I wanted to be popular. I wanted all these things that life had to offer. And things turned in the wrong direction. When I was... About 12 years old, my friends and I started to drink alcohol. Started to experiment at a pretty young age. And uh, um, gradually things got worse and worse. And when when I was 13 years old, we started to experiment with uh, drugs, narcotics. And uh, by the time I was uh, 16, 17, uh, things were getting really bad. And uh, there were times the police had to bring us home because they... Uh, caught us with different things, and and uh, my parents were just completely confused. They had no idea what was going on, and didn't even know half of the things that we were using. When I was seventeen, I remember. Uh, obviously, I'm still alive, but I almost died uh, from a drug overdose, and it scared, just scared the lights out of me. I was so scared. And I uh, began to limit the amount of uh, drugs that we were using, but alcohol was still a very big part of my life. And I remember just this massive hole. It was like I had a huge hole right here. And it it was empty, it was dark, and I, I was constantly trying to fill it with something, constantly trying to find something that would fill that hole and uh, alcohol was one of those things that uh, just allowed me to forget everything. And alcoholism ran in my mom's side of the family. And and um, sometimes uh, there are things you have in you, it seems like, almost from birth, you know. And uh, gradually, as things got worse and worse, I, I was able to finish my uh, undergraduate degree in university, even did a master's degree, while I was coming home. Uh, late at night, uh, and sometimes, usually about three or four times a week, waking up in the morning and not knowing what had happened the night before. When I was 22 years old, I was married. And I, I, um, you know, we just had an extremely, extremely rocky marriage. And after six years of marriage, my wife left me. And you know what? I didn't blame her. I didn't blame her. I was having a hard time living with myself, even. And uh, things got worse and worse. And I was trying my best. I was really, genuinely trying. I was trying. I was trying. It wasn't like I was just trying to throw everything away. I was really trying. And yet, nothing worked out right. If you go to the next picture, this, this amazing woman, this is my mother. She's 88 years old now, but during those years when, when I was going through all of this, she prayed for me every day. Can you imagine? 20 years, from the time I was 12 till I was 32, she prayed every day. I said to her once, Mom, I would have given up <laughs> long before that. And she said, there were times when I... Wanted to give up. But something kept me going. Something kept me believing. And uh, I thank God every day now for my mom. For continuing to pray. And I want to say this to you guys today. If you're praying for someone. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a relative. If you're praying for that someone. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep believing. You're doing it for us. We're the ones... You know, just like my mom did for me. Uh, She just kept praying and just kept believing. And I thank God for her. If you go to the next picture, life is amazing. It really is. The world that God has created, and, and when we look at it, you just think about all the amazing things in life. And yet, for some reason, for me, things were not turning out that way. I got this idea, I thought to myself, maybe if I could meet someone, you know what I mean? Meet someone who really had it all together. Someone who was really genuinely happy. Someone who, uh, who wasn't faking happiness, but that you could tell was really happy. Someone who really had a successful life, a good family. I thought if I could meet someone like that, maybe if I hung around with them, it would start to rub off on me. Maybe I would learn somehow to turn my life around. And I met a guy, I actually did. I met him and, and I'll, I'll never forget, something just attracted me, like, like this guy was really genuinely happy. He wasn't pretending to be happy, he was really happy. And when I talked with him and I got this idea and I thought, how, what can I say to him? that like maybe kind of like say, could we go out for coffee sometime or something? And I'm trying to think of saying something that wouldn't be awkward, you know? Meanwhile, I found out later, of course, that he was a born-again Christian. And you know what? He was probably thinking, what can I say to this guy, <laughs> you know, to get him to, uh, to understand who I am and, you know, to, to possibly get together again? And uh, all of a sudden he said to me, Ed, do you play baseball? I'm like, oh, I love baseball. I have played for the Leamington uh, hardball team when I was a kid and ended up playing fastball later in Leamington. He said, oh, well, we're having a, uh, like a lobball tournament this weekend, and we need an extra player. Would you want to come out? I said, absolutely. I would love that. So I went and joined this team on the Saturday. Now, the team, the entire baseball team, was from a Pentecostal church. I say now, I was set up right there. Like I, God had it all planned. I get out there and, I, and we're, we just had a blast, like just a riot. I had so much fun. And I also realized something was going on. You know why? Because these guys were not wearing masks. Have you ever noticed that sometimes in your life when you meet someone... When you first meet them, it's almost like they have a mask on. And then as you get to know them, the mask comes off, you know? Well, these guys, as soon as I met them and playing around, like it was like they, they had no mask at all. And I realized something was going on. And then it was confirmed when the entire team, imagine this is after lunch, right? It's a hot day. Everyone's, you know, playing baseball, sweating. They come to a restaurant. We went to a restaurant to eat. As soon as we walked in, the waitress came over and said, "What would you guys like to drink?" And, and they started right here on this side of me and went right around the table. It was Coca-Cola, Sprite, iced tea, you know. And I remember leaning to the guy beside me and I said, "Wow, am I ever glad she didn't ask me first?" <laughs> I was just shocked, like really, and. And I I immediately knew that there was something different, obviously, about these guys. And me, I was at a stage in my life where I felt it was impossible to have a really good time without a few drinks. I I just couldn't imagine really genuinely having a great time. And yet, these guys were having a great, like, not just a great time. (laughs) They were going to wake up the next day feeling really good, you know. And uh, after we left the restaurant, one of the guys said to me, Ed, maybe you'd like to come to our church tomorrow. (laughs) And I said, I figured something was going on here. And you know what? I said to him, his name was Danny. I said, Danny, I'd love to come to your church tomorrow. Like, uh, you guys have something that I don't have in my life. I was just being real honest. And I went to church the next day. Folks, I went to church for eight months. Every Sunday, I went to church. And the thing that kept me coming back to church, even though I was still living my life during the week, the thing that kept me coming back was that after the service on the Sunday, I felt better than when I had come in. There was something about it that just made me feel better. Meeting those guys, they were all there. You know, just the the words that the pastor would say, and I was trying to figure it out. What is it really all about? Like, is it is it positive thinking? <laughs> is that what they're doing? Like, and I don't know if you guys think like that or if there's somebody here right now that's kind of thinking that way. Is this is this what it's about? Do these people maybe they wake up in the morning? That's what I thought. Maybe they wake up in the morning, they look in the mirror and they go, I'm happy, I'm happy, <laughs> you know, and just really prove to themselves that they're really happy. Like, like, is it something? And I was overthinking the whole thing. And yet imagine, during the week I would live the old life trying my best, trying to get my drinking under control, trying to turn things around. I used to envy people who could have one or two drinks, and that's it, you know. And so every week, as I went back, wondering about all of this, it took something extremely different to get me to change my thinking. I was sitting in the service, the pastor was speaking, I used to call him Positive Pastor Pitts, because he was just, like, positive about everything, and he was speaking, and, and then, in the middle of his service middle of his preaching everyone could tell the atmosphere in the church suddenly changed everything changed and he stopped he even stopped speaking kind of looking around and and a lady in the church was standing there i don't know if you've ever heard this but she began to suddenly speak out in tongues and uh, I don't know how you feel about stuff like that, but for me, I was raised in a Mennonite church, you know? It was just really weird. And uh, I would often be sitting there like, what in the world is that? And she, would, she started to go off, and then there was someone else who translated, yeah, translated what, she, what the other lady had said. And when they were speaking, I got this crazy idea. It really is a crazy idea if you think about it. Kind of a little bit conceited almost what happened. I started to think that God, the creator of the universe, imagine that God, whoever he is, had come to that church that day because he wanted to talk to me. And as soon as I got that idea, the other lady started to talk and she said, I love you, my child. And I heard it. She said it again. She said it the second time, I love you, my child. And by that time, I'm sitting there in the back row like this. And then she said it a third time, I love you, my child. And I realized God was talking to me, to me. And tears were rolling down my face. And I'm like this, because men don't cry, right? And I realized in that moment that God was not who I thought he was. All my life, I thought that if there is a God, he probably doesn't like me very much. Think about it. If God knows your every thought, if he knows everything about you, I thought to myself, how could he possibly like me? And yet that morning, I realized that's not God. That is not God. I realized that morning that God loves me just the way I am. It's remarkable if you think about it. I've heard many times people have said, if you get a genuine idea, if you begin to really understand who God is and how he feels about you, it will change your life. It will completely change your life. And that day in that church, which I will remember for the rest of my life, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I said, that's it. I'm tired of doing everything that I feel is right. I'm tired of doing my will. You know what my will is or what I think is right. I'd like to give your will a try. Just see where that will go. What if if I did God's will every day? all day long? What if I just did what he wanted me to do every day? What would happen? Almost like an experiment, you know? What what would happen? Well, I started hanging around with my pastor. I started hanging around at the church. A little while after that, I went on a mission trip, and God began to do things in my life that I never dreamed. You know how the Bible says, way beyond even what we've imagined? God will do in your life if you give your life to him. It's like unbelievable. I was, I was just like, you know, living suddenly in a completely different realm. Like I had changed planets or something, you know, like, like everything that started to happen. When I went on the mission trip, I, I would suggest everyone here, once in your life, go on a mission trip with the church, go somewhere and just give your time completely and it changed my life. I went to the country called Estonia. I remember when the pastor told me about it, I had to actually go home and find out. I didn't even know where that was. you know. And uh, God opened doors for me while I was there to meet by chance you know, with one of the leaders of the government there. I was, I was doing some agricultural work at the University of Guelph at the time, so he arranged for me to meet with the minister of agriculture. That opened up another door. It, eventually, I was traveling, uh, doing some work in, in Ukraine, in uh, Zambia, in Ghana. And uh, World Vision asked me to do some work with them. And, and God began to open up doors that I never dreamed would open my life. I was making more money than I ever dreamed I would make in my life. And just God's blessings pouring out. And every morning, I would just waking up and saying, Lord, actually, I'll tell you. This is my my, uh, routine in the morning. I wake up, I sit on the edge of my bed, I clap my hands, and I say, what a super day to get up and take advantage of all the opportunities that you have for me today. Lord, I pray that your will would be done in my life, not my will, because I know where my will goes. Amen. And God began to do just way more than I ever imagined. In one night in Kitchener, Ontario, I was sleeping at night. And in the middle of the night, uh, after I, it was about five hours, I was trying to sleep and couldn't fall asleep. God suddenly spoke to me, not in an audible voice. It was almost like it, they downloaded a, a speed stick, a memory stick into my chest and just began to reveal to me some of the things that he wanted me to do. And one of them was to move to Ukraine and make it my home. And I was so excited. Now, think, if you think about it, I had to leave my job. I had to leave everything, right? But you, think you might be a little bit nervous, you know. But I was excited because God spoke to me. Little Eddie from the tomato field, you know. God spoke to me. And if you think about that, the fact that God speaks to each of us. Wants to speak with us. It's a phenomenal thing. If you really realize it. And that he would speak to me. And tell me specifically. What he wanted me to do. So uh, literally the next day. I went to the director of the university. And told him I was leaving my job. And his response. Because he wasn't a Christian. His response was. Who's going to pay you more money. Than we're paying you. You know. And I said actually. I don't have a job over there. I just know that. You know. It's what God wants me to do. Which of course. Uh, didn't make him think that I was completely uh, with it, you know? (laughs) Anyway, so I ended up in Ukraine, and and the things that God began to do, if you go to the next picture, uh, some of you know this story. I ended up, uh, a guy came over to to the Bible college that I was working at. He had a suitcase full of toys, and uh, I said, what are the toys for? He said, they're for the orphans. And I'm like, you know orphans here? He said... No, but they're everywhere. There's orphanages. I said, really? He said, yeah, it's like Romania, you know? the." So we just need to find an orphanage where we can take the toys. And I asked the pastor of the church there. We ended up in an orphanage. 126 children in, like, very severe uh, disabilities. And uh, when we got there, we were just completely shocked at the conditions. All these children were abandoned by their parents because of their physical disabilities and, and uh, children crawling around, many of them without arms, without legs. And, and uh, as devastated as I was, thank God I made the decision. I understood that God had sent us there and that God wanted us to change this place. And we began to believe for great miracles to happen in the lives of these kids. As crazy as it was, we, we, would, we would tell them Each of the kids, because we knew they were abandoned by their parents, we would tell them, you did not come to this earth from your parents. I can say the same thing to all of you here. You did not come to this earth from your parents. You came through your parents from God. God sent you here. And if God sent you here, he has a plan for your life, an amazing plan for your life. And each one of these kids some of them really grasped onto that. That just, it began to change them on the inside and believing that even though their conditions were bad, God had a great plan. And this is just one of those kids here. His name is Anton. Anton has won four Paralympic medals, international medals for the country of Ukraine. And uh, he's won two in Rio de Janeiro, two in Tokyo. He's ready to go to Paris uh, soon, for the Olympics, there as well, and uh, he's a swimmer. And Anton, of course, has become quite famous, like some of these kids in Ukraine. And they were doing an interview with him once on national television. And uh, Anton said, Yeah, these Canadians came to our orphanage and they threw me in the water to see if I could swim. <laughs> I'm like, Anton, we did not throw you in the water we lowered you very nicely into the water because the doctors had told us it'd be good for your physiotherapy you know anyway so he took off swimming and he has very limited use of his arms and legs but when he gets in the water he said when i get in the water i'm free i can go anywhere i want and obviously he's a great swimmer just i could go on and on and on with the stories of these children and what god has done in their lives and amazing miracles that that have taken even to uh, the president and and the first lady of Ukraine, uh, recognizing the work that we're doing and and just um, amazing things. If you go to the next picture, pastors. These are pastors in Ukraine that I work with. Amazing people. God has blessed me with so many amazing relationships and even now, during the war, these guys just filled with joy about what God is doing. And their churches are three times as full as they've ever been. And, and uh, being able to work with them. And, you know, because we needed volunteers for the orphanages. So I got to know all these pastors. And they became my best friends. And uh, we, we ended up working in 24 orphanages all together. Close to 3,000 children um, in those 24 orphanages that we were helping And uh, God continued to do just phenomenal things. Go to the next picture. Just during the war, since the war started, uh, we've evacuated over 5,000 people from the war zone, sending cars in and out. God helped us to purchase over 17, well, 17 vehicles already uh, that take food in and bring people out. Our mission in Ukraine has provided two weeks' worth of groceries to over 200,000 families in Ukraine. And in that, um, literally, you know, we just have a rough estimate, but around 30 to 40,000 people have prayed with our workers and asked Jesus Christ into their hearts. And, uh, and just really, genuinely, lives changed like never before. You go to the next picture, talk about blessings. <laughs> uh, After I was serving in Ukraine for seven years, I met this amazing lady. Her name is Natasha. She's here this morning working in the kids' service, and uh, God has given us four beautiful daughters and uh, just restored my family, uh, given me a great family. And even now, I have a son-in-law. He's an amazing guy. He's from a church in Barrie, Ontario. It's a really great church. It's uh, called Maple View, something like that. Really great guy. And just, you know, God continues to pour his blessings out like I never imagined. You go to the next picture. This Christmas, okay? This sounds really wild, but every year we do this program. We take kids to McDonald's in Ukraine. And uh, we just got this idea about 22 years ago. And uh, because McDonald's, I don't know if you know this, but in Ukraine, McDonald's is kind of an elite place to eat in some areas. You know, ladies will actually get all dressed up to go to McDonald's because it's expensive in some areas over there. And and the children that we were helping in the orphanages would never get to go to McDonald's. So we started to take them there at Christmas. And we would do a full presentation of the gospel right in the restaurant with the birth of Christ, and just this amazing program. And uh, this year, we were able to do this for uh, over 4,000 children in Ukraine. And God had just continued to, you know, just pour out his blessings through the work that we're doing. Um, And we are standing just amazed in the midst of chaos and war, you know, what God is doing. If you go to the next picture, a while ago, I was, uh, you know, I'm always looking for the cheapest flights when I'm going to Ukraine or traveling back and forth, and I, I found a flight the one time, and my mom and dad were still living in Leamington, and I, the plane actually flew through Washington, D.C., and if you know the geography, I was flying from Washington, D.C. to Detroit. And my plane, as I'm going, I was sitting by the window, and the plane is flying over Lake Erie, and I saw Point Pelee National Park, which is right by Leamington, the town that I grew up in, picking tomatoes. And I'm looking out the window in the plane, and I'm sitting there, and I saw Point Pelee, and then all of a sudden I saw it. It was the little field, I could see it like a postage stamp, it was the field where I grew up picking tomatoes where I used to watch the airplanes and I was in the plane and I had this moment with God like I'll never forget I just like I realized that God knows the desires of our heart he knows them from the time we were little kids he knows them better than we do and all we have to do is just give our lives to him completely to him and allow his will to be done and god will give us the desires of our heart if you go to the next picture take delight in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart that's what that's what it's about it's not about <laughs> looking in the mirror and saying i'm happy i'm happy. it's not about even things or cars or houses or it's not about um, you know, fulfillment in our work or our jobs it's about knowing Him. It's about taking delight in Him. It's about being happy that Jesus is in my heart and He's filled that hole and being close to Him every day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the blessings you have given to us. I thank you that in this time of chaos and, and everything around us, that You are offering us peace and love. I thank you, Lord, that you are not who we thought you were. That you, in fact, love us. And you love us so much. And and I ask you, Lord, just to help us, everyone here, just to understand really, genuinely how much you love us. And I pray, oh God, that it would change our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Maple Community Church Podcast. <laughs>